Hey everybody, I'm Jack Midkiff and welcome to my podcast. I'm so thankful that you're here today. This is a special, special podcast. And uh, before we get into it, I just want you to take time to let some people know about this. I'm. This is just maybe the fifth or sixth, I don't know, something like that uh, podcast that we've put out. I'm super excited about it. I feel like that it is just another way to touch people and and get the good news. Do you know it is good news that we have Jesus in our lives? You, it don't matter what you um, what you do in life or where you are and where you're going. He will make it better. And so share this with somebody. But right now, I want to introduce you to somebody that um, is really and truthfully making a difference in this world. And I'm so thankful that she and her wonderful husband are my friends, and it is Miss Amanda Crabb. Hello. Thank I'm so you. honored to be here with you. Thank excited you. about your podcast, too. I am excited about it. I I did, didn't really know how to uh, download a podcast too good <laughs> until, I, <laughs> until I started one. So you had to, Now I just right? download all of mine and listen to it. Yeah. No, anyway. Yeah. So, um, Miss Amanda Crabb. How I want to start this today is from Genesis 1-1. <laughs> if someone is turning this on and maybe they've heard your name and they've seen something about what you and your family are doing and they want to know who you are, where, where do you come from? What's your heritage? Are you a preacher's kid? Are you? How did you start preaching? So... In the beginning, <laughs> um, I was born and raised in Kentucky. My family, my mom and my dad, got saved when I was two years old. And so I've been in church for a long time. My uh, dad was not a preacher, did not come from a Christian family, more along the line of Hellions uh -huh. and um, a group of rebellious people. <laughs> drunkards and uh, those who spent more time in jail than they ever did a church house. Oh, yeah. So when, um, you know, I, I grew up singing in church, never dreamed that God would ever call me to preach. I married Aaron and I, there's, there's some layers to this. So sure. I remember one night sitting uh, at Eccles Church of God and Sister Betty Shaver was mm -hmm. the pastor. Something how you don't forget names you of very forget. important people, right? <laughs> this is true. This was a very important night. She pastored a little country church in, in Beaverdam, Kentucky, right outside of it. And she preached the house down and it was about receiving the call of God on mm. your life, receiving it, walking in it. And I remember thinking to myself, God, like, do you have anything more for me? That's the first time I ever asked God that question. And um, I, I just remember I didn't say anything to my husband. I was silent the whole car ride home. We got on the bus that night and ended up in Louisiana. And I don't tell this side of the story very often, but it really is important because we went to a mall as you know, often when you travel, you you try to waste time, find things to do. And we went into a Regis hair salon. Mm. Aaron got his hair cut and a man cut it. He didn't say a word to Aaron. And when I sat down in his chair, um, as he he's just trimming my hair, and he said, um, when did you know you were called? And I said, <laughs> excuse me? And he said, when, awesome. when did you know you were called? And I said, well, I'm, 
I guess, and I pointed towards my husband, I said, I guess when I married him, I took, you know, his call. I said, he, he's, a, he's a minister of the gospel, and he stuck his comb in my face. He said, you do know you're called to teach, right? Wow. And this was the day after I had asked the Lord. Um, but the Lord had taken me through a refining process even beyond that. And I learned about the intimacy of his presence and in prayer, my testimony, it starts back there, but it wasn't until 2003 that God literally wrecked my life in the most beautiful way. Uh, torment in my mind because of some of the family lineage you know I didn't have the greatest childhood I was abused from five until I was nine and so I had a very distorted view of what church was how God would love me uh, people's agenda with me and um, so I remember crying out to God you know, if you don't do something, and I didn't even know what I was asking for. And at that same time, simultaneously, me crying out to God, God gave another woman, a housewife at the time, a vision, took her to her knees at her kitchen sink, showed my face to her. She didn't know who I was. The Lord told her to come in the heart of Central City, Kentucky, walk down Main Street, and told her you will run right into her and she did she she was obedient and she ran right into me and she said I need to speak with you and I followed her like what in the world was I thinking right (laughs) don't talk to strangers and I followed her about a block and we sat down on an embankment and she prophetically gutted me I mean ripped me open and performed the Holy Ghost through her performed a surgery for the first time I knew that God had seen all of it Uh, things that I'd never spoken to another human being he called it out actually orchestrated orchestrated it it, (laughs) literally orchestrated and gutted me and then Uh, after about two hours of weeping in a stranger's lap, I sat up and she said, are you filled with the Holy Ghost? I said, no. Mm. And um, she said, well, we're going to pray that the Holy Ghost will fill you so full that the enemy will regret the day that he ever messed with you. (laughs) And at that moment, Pastor Jack, I couldn't have imagined. I didn't even, that's what I'm saying. I didn't pursue this. I couldn't have ever imagined the journey that God was going to take me on I I didn't ever go set at a counseling and I don't I don't discredit that I know many amazing counselors who are gifted um, but I lived in a prayer closet for the next 12 months invited my husband in my pain Mm. and in that prayer space with me and we begin to seek God together and after a year the Lord literally said I want you to tell your story and I argued Mm. and I argued and I argued and I thought well God there's never even an opportunity nobody would even ask me to do that so I thought I was good you know he gave me a message to take him to the place John 11 uh, that's how the Lord really finalized my healing because he said you're not alone in questioning me you're you're not alone in wondering where I was in the deepest darkest pain when you felt left Mary and Martha both asked where were you Mm. this wouldn't have happened if you would have been here because there was a lot of torment that if God was who he said he was Mm. he couldn't have possibly seen me 
and let those things happen. And I think there's a lot of people who can relate to that. Sure. They have faced, you have had your set of trials. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure even in faith, you wonder, why me, God? Why yeah. her? Why that? Yeah. And it's painful at times. But then you recall the word of the Lord, and it doesn't end there. Right. And he says that you may see the glory of God revealed. Yeah. And sometimes those darkest pits and those darkest places have a way of refining you mm. and opening things up and bringing healing through you in ways that could have never been possible. And so it wasn't long after the Lord said, I want you to tell your story. And I argued and said, nobody would ask, nobody wants to hear anything through me that we got the call that we were having to speak at crab fest. And I was like, wait, why, (laughs) why am I speaking at crab fest? And the first time that I ever told my testimony or even opened the word was in front of about 1,200 people. Wow. And what's funny is there was a man who came, who answered the altar call that day. And he came down, and when I laid my hands on him, it's much of what I remember uh, reading the scripture when Jesus felt the virtue leave him. He felt that pull. Yeah. And it was in that moment that literally I felt it pull out of me and this man ended up on the floor and I think he laid there for about an hour and a half and everybody the the service was over his family was looking for him and I she his wife described him and I said well I I think I know where your husband is and he was laid out on the floor and she was she was like oh my gosh what's wrong like do I he was a Baptist pastor wow and when he when he came to it was, uh, I looked at his wife and he said, I'm going to have some explaining to do to you. He said, but I need to talk to her for just a second. And she stood there. My husband stood there and heard this conversation. And he said, I have preached the gospel for 30 plus years. He said, been a pastor, preached all over. He said, and I've been bound to uh, pornography. He said, I was sexually abused as a young boy. And he said, it gripped me and put a stronghold on me. And he said, even while I'm preaching, he said, there has been this stronghold and this pull. And he said, I've never been able to tell another soul. He said, my wife has never even heard this. And she's standing there weeping. And he said, and I never dreamed that I... I would ever be able to be free. He said, I've asked God many a times, why can I be free? Why can't I be free? And he said, I never imagined that it would come through somebody who was young enough to be my granddaughter or a woman at that. And God, we've seen him many a time since then. And and his wife will just come up and hug me and cry. And she said, even though I didn't know the depths of that addiction and that stronghold, she said, I knew when it was gone because my marriage became whole for the first time. He ministers different. And so it's so much deeper than uh, just telling our testimony. It is literally breaking free and uh, setting captivity free because there are many people to save a life. And there are many layers and many, many strongholds of the root of past trauma dysfunctional families, all of those things, but nobody has to live there. Nope. And so fast forward, I guess I've been preaching 
I, I said it the other day and I was amazed when I said it, uh, going on 17 years now, uh, God has definitely refined me. I don't, I don't preach the same way that I did a year ago. And I think as, um, a minister every day, we have to get up and say yes to the Lord. Yes. It's a new yes. Yeah. Every second, sometimes yeah. it's a new yes. God is progressive in he the way is. that he never stops. I mean, it, it, Everything that he does is there's always because he describes it as glory to glory yes. and place to place. And so when we get to this plateau where, oh, I've arrived, <laughs> we've actually come to the end. We've come to the end. Yeah, we've come to the end of our growth. We've yeah. come to the end of the exciting ride mm. that God can take us on. Yeah. And sitting here listening to this, I didn't even realize how. From the first time, I guess we met you guys in 2007. Yes. And so you had not been preaching long before no, then. No. And you wouldn't have known it. No. Well. <laughs> you wouldn't have known it. Woo. The anointing has just always been so strong on you and Aaron and the Pastor Aaron. But um, the reason I, I know is because of something you said just almost in passing the presence of God. The presence of God. I've never encountered a church like restoring hope that waits on mm. hungers for and just allows him to do his thing mm. and then you come right up in this house last night and we had a four-hour service oh my goodness <laughs> and you know <laughs> and you know what i told it was actually a little better than that but a little more than that oh and what i told <laughs> what i told pastor aaron standing in that in that um uh pulpit area last night i said we needed mm. this because mm. sometimes um, I believe there are catalysts. I believe sure. there are people with certain assignments and I believe that we, uh, we need to be connected. And I believe that's one reason there's so much jealousy in the ministry mm. because other ministers don't want to give other ministers right. an opportunity to do something for their people. That, what a shame. Well, I got news for you. <laughs> what a shame. Our house and a lot of other houses mm. need what's in you. Oh, wow. And I'm so thankful. Well, I'm, I'm honored, <clears throat> and I, I said it uh, to a group of ministers at our house, and it's the truth. We say it everywhere we go. The first time that we walked in High Praises Church, we, when we left that presence, mm. we said, this is what we want. This is what we long for. And so you guys set a stage for us that uh, coming from a place and not coming to a place. And yeah. I think that's the difference. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm humbled that you would say that. Well, I'm, and I'm it, being it's just boomeranged right though. back of what I've piggybacked from <laughs> you guys. So without the presence, though, Pastor Jack, what are we doing? What are we doing? Uh, wasting time. Wasting time. Wasting time. We're creating formulas that don't really move mountains. That's and right. I think there's a lot better things that we could think of doing if we're just coming to have church or mm -hmm. to just perform something. That's right. You know, it, it it's about truly seeing the change and the transformation yeah. in the hearts of the people. And sometimes it takes time. I went home last night and I was, you know, I was tired. This is, you know, how conference is. It's, yeah. But I laid down and I literally... And I'm just so hungry for God's presence. I mm -hmm. turned uh, the Victory Network on mm. and just went to sleep listening to preaching. And I woke up listening to preaching oh, yeah. this morning. 
And I feel like while I was sleeping, my spirit man Absolutely. was being fed. Yeah. And it takes that hunger, I believe, um, to to go. Now, listen, I don't want to waste any more of your time. No, this if is someone, good. If someone was here in your heart today mm. and they're searching for something, mm. tell them what you want to tell them. Well, the only thing that I can say is that if you if if you're desperate, if you're longing, if there's an empty space, the only thing that will satisfy that's what I leaned over is I watched my baby worshiping last night and we're big on bringing kids in our services. Mm-hmm. We, we have family service once a month at Restoring Hope because we want to cultivate an atmosphere and a hunger in the children and if we don't teach them how to worship the world will teach the world them how to will. sin though you're right you're right or the world will teach them to worship something you're exactly right that because we are we are created to worship that's, that's the right. problem that's right we are created to worship and that's how it's so easy to step into the role of worshiping idols yes. without even realizing right. oh we've built a calf because mm. you know oh we, we didn't recognize it but we are created yeah that space is there yeah. to worship the one true god mm. and I, we there's a song that we sing uh you satisfy me oh lord complete completely you feel my empty mm. you nobody but you and i think the moment that we come into the realization that that empty space because you will try to fulfill it sure. in other things we've yep. all been there yep. we've all done that that's yep. what i always say i'm not preaching at you i'm preaching with you yep. i have searched and searched and i'm here to tell you today that outside of his presence outside of his voice outside of his word is death it's destruction it will continue to leave you emptier than what what you first uh, felt and that satisfaction in his presence is the fullness of joy Mm -hmm. and at his right hand are pleasures forevermore is it's that's one of our life verses psalm Mm -hmm. 16 11 and um people say well you're fanatical and it's impossible it's not impossible i'm 42 years old I started this journey uh, back in 2003 with learning the intimacy of the presence of the Lord. And I, it's a lifestyle. Uh, People say, well, it's impossible to just be in it. It's not when you invite him to live in you and you say, I want out, you live in me. And I'll live in you. And the scripture is pretty plain in John 15 that when we do that Mm -hmm. together, we will be fruitful. Apart from me, you can do nothing. You'll be empty. You will forever try to produce things and and you will will give birth to something. We're all doing something. And um, this isn't people, you know, people go, well, you're fanatical, you're self-righteous, all of these things. It's not true. Um, I'll get down in the cut in the gutter with you. That's that's the truth of the matter. But I will not stay there. Right. Right. (laughs) If I get in the gutter with you, it's it's to loose you and pull you out of it. And um, so. My heart is that if you're looking to be satisfied, look no further than Jesus. That's, That's why right. he came. That's right. He That's came to fulfill yes. that space of emptiness and hurt and defeat to bridge the gap. The same way that he said, I didn't come to destroy the law. I came to fulfill yeah. 
the law. Uh, and he brings justification. He brings vindication. I've heard so many people say that, uh, you know, time heals. Mm. That is, I, I don't think that there could ever be a more deceptive <laughs> um, thing to say because there's only one true healer and his That's name right. is Jesus. That's what right. time does mm. is give you an opportunity Separates. to find your new lifestyle. Mm. That That's lifestyle. True. It's a choice. It's a choice. And so just before we end this today, I want you to, um, you can look in the camera over my shoulder over and I shoulder. want you to just pray and just speak to somebody that may be watching. So, I mean, here's the deal. We all come from different walks in life and maybe you came from a perfect background and maybe it was so perfect that <laughs> you found yourself in failure and maybe now you're the black sheep of the family or maybe you came from such dysfunction that you aren't sure how to be functional in God. I just want to tell you that the Holy Spirit is the equalizer. The Holy Spirit is the standard. The Holy Spirit has a way of bringing peace, bringing help, bringing that joy that you've been longing for, bringing the peace in the room when there's been nothing but chaos. And so I am a huge advocate for the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. because he has been my help. He has been my strength. He's been my source. The blood of Jesus saved me. Confess your sins and you will be saved. Mm -hmm. The blood of Jesus saved me, but the Holy Spirit has kept me on the days that I wanted to quit, on the days that I wanted to give up. I, I picture the Holy Spirit being like that sensor in the new vehicle vehicle that when you get too close to the guardrail <laughs> it begins to vibrate and let you know you're about to hit something you're about to be on a collision course and the holy spirit will keep you in the lane yes. that God has put you in and positioned you for. And so we just break off that spirit of shame. We break off that yes. spirit of defeat. We rip off those generational curses. We spend a whole lot of time talking about and breaking off generational curses. But now I just want to release the generational blessing yes. because you've come into a new bloodline. You've come into the blood of Jesus and it speaks better things than that of Abel. The blood of Jesus is enough to come in and purify mm -hmm. and wash away every sin and stain that was put up on you on this earth. And so I just, in the name of Jesus, mm -hmm. speak Jesus. your peace, God. I speak your healing. Yes. I speak your deliverance. Thank you, I thank you that you are making rivers in desert places right now. You're making a highway in, in where there seems to be no way. And even though you may not feel it, even though you may be numb and maybe you've been complacent, maybe you're a pastor and you've lived a life of bondage because who could you tell who could you go to well here's what I can say right now number one if you have something call pastor Jack get him a message he'll talk to you he'll encourage you he'll build you up in the most holy faith but there is no greater one to go to than Jesus fall on your face get in his presence ask the Holy Spirit to come in and flush out those impurities flush out that system allow the healing of God to release you from that sin from that shame from that defeat and go in victory go in power go in his might there's no greater weapon uh, in the hand of God mm -hmm. than one who has been set free. Yes. 
And so you who have been set free, remain free. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And I'm telling you, you are a mighty weapon. When you come out of something, the enemy's strongholds, listen, it's like you can walk in a room and arrows begin flying Mm -hmm. and shooting, darting at enemy territory. And you're able to take possession of what is God's because you are an overcomer. How? By the blood of the Lamb the word of their testimony, and they did not love their life to death, which means the spirit of pride can't be in the heart of a person. The word testimony, listen, is the witness. I'm a witness. You talked about that the other night, being a witness. The root word of witness is martus, Mm. which is being willing to be a martyr for Christ. So, and they did not love their life unto death is God, I'm willing to lay my life down. I'm willing to be made a fool Mm. to tell the story of how you delivered me so someone else can be set free. And I bless you in Jesus' name. Wow. That is so wonderful. Thank you so much for being with me. Thank you for allowing me to be here. And I want to thank you for watching this, listening to this, downloading this, however it is. And you know what? I'd love to connect with you. Why don't you send me an email at jackmidkiff at gmail.com. And um, you can also find us at 1412 East Broadway Avenue in Maryville, Tennessee. And it's called High Praises Church. We'd love to have you come visit. And we're a church where it doesn't matter what you look like, act like, smell like, talk like. <laughs> I promise you, as my old daddy used to say, we'll treat you so many ways you'll have to like something. <laughs> and um, God bless you. Have a wonderful day.